Welcome, everyone. Back by popular demand, we're talking with Simon Chikoisky again today because uh, some of our viewers called and said, look, um, he was right on. He was really spot on about a few things, and we want to hear more about what he has to say, especially because the times are so demanding right now for everybody. And here we are, less than a month out from the election, the presidential election of 2020. If you're watching this down the road, you can kind of see what Simon had to say back then. But for those of us who are here now, let's see what he has to say. So, Simon, welcome once again. Thank you. It's good to be here. The game is always more fun when you don't know the final score, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. People watching this in 2021 will already know the score. Right. But Whatever. now we don't know the score. And very specifically, um, let's first go into one of the things you commented on in our past interview, and that had to do with the Supreme Court and that you saw there might be some, not just destabilization, but perhaps a death in the Supreme Court. Now, some people will say, well, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was old. Of course, she's going to die sometime. But that's not what we're talking about here. It was indicated in the Vedic chart. So let's talk about what the back, the surrounding circumstances of that were astrologically before we go into what's coming up. Uh, astrologically, it was the south node of the moon, which is a big player both for Trump right now and coronavirus and, and for a number of other things the south node of the moon, which indicates sort of karmic, sudden, fateful events, things like terrorist acts, like a meteor, you know, coming and hitting the earth, like a pandemic, things that are completely out of the norm. Well, the south node of the moon was in the ninth house, the house of justice in the United States chart for the year. And to me, that showed uh, with Saturn, um, and it was influenced by Saturn. So to me, that showed the pass, possibly the passing away of a justice. And if not, because it didn't seem like it was going to happen, I said, well, then it, it's probably a crisis of justice because we're having a, you know, we, we will have a crisis of what is the law, what is not the law, what is, you know, and, and at the time of the George Floyd, you know, stuff, it's like, okay, what is justice? Is justice being meted out? correctly is there a perversion of justice or should there be more laws less laws you know should we fund the police defund the police all these questions so i thought okay maybe it's just that maybe it's just that um but it ended up being in fact uh all of those things right and uh and we're even now facing a, a crisis of justice which is you know the justice who will be appointed to replace her um you know do people want her there or, you know, which does she represent the country and so forth? And she may, well, she may not. Well, let's, let's take a look at that. Um, I asked you in advance if you could peek into her chart and then just kind of, you, you've already looked into the circumstance, which is chaos in terms of justice at the moment, whether or not we are seeing justice served in the larger sense. Did you have a chance to look at uh, Amy Comey, Comey, Coney Barrett's chart? Yeah, yes and no. Now, we don't know her birth time. So, we act, so her birth chart is out for, uh, in terms of using it as a very uh, accurate uh, source of predicting, you know, 
mm-hmm. next week this is what's going to happen. We right. can predict kind of bigger trends, but without an accurate birth time, we can't. So what I did was I pulled a question chart and, uh, you know, I had uh, my partner ask me, you know, is she going to be confirmed? What is and, what's a question chart first? Oh, well, it, it's, it's the chart. Uh, I can share my screen if you want. Uh, would that sure you can just see what I'm looking what it is. at? Is this a is this a process that you normally? Oh yes. This is, okay. This, this is my main uh, modus operandus. It's uh, there. Yeah. Okay. So a question chart is a chart for the time and place that a specific question is born. A genuine question. A person who wants to know something. And it's the same as a natal chart. You were born in a particular place and time, right? A question is also born. A sporting event begins at a certain, your business starts at a certain time and place. So we can cast a horoscope for all of those things. And in, and that's how that I've done that for a lot of things, including will Trump get elected, which I've talked about before. That was a question chart. Uh, and in, any number of, of charts that I've done because you don't need the, the time and, uh, and, and the coordinates of, of the person. You don't need anything else. You just need, where is the question asked? When was it asked? Okay. So for this question, we have, um, a will very, Amy, yes. Will Amy be confirmed? Yeah. That's October 7th. 20- I asked that. Correct. I asked that yesterday. And what we have, the most important thing in any horoscope is the ascendant. And what we have is the planet Uranus exactly on the ascendant. And this is not a good thing for astrologers because Uranus uh, rules the unexpected. It rules things happening out of the blue. Uh, But I'll get back to that in a second. Overall, what this horoscope shows us is... Uh, that she will, that the overwhelmingly the forces are in her favor. Okay. And I even made this into a Western style horoscope, which you can see here. And in Western astrology, this shows the ruler of the ninth house, Saturn, sitting exactly on the midheaven with Pluto in, in its own sign, indicating that the, that the powers that be are very strongly all you know, of course, we know this politically. This is not a secret that every the powers that be are strongly pushing for the confirmation, and and all other factors being equal, this suggests she will be confirmed. However, and this is this is the astrologer's get out of jail free card. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm pulling out my get out of jail free card, which is the planet Uranus. If I had if this question had been asked 15 minutes before. 15 minutes after, it would have been easy decision. Whenever Uranus sits on a cusp, it suggests the possibility of a miracle. Of, you know, if you're a Democrat, you're on the 40-yard line, there's five seconds left in the game, and you've got, you know, you've got the best quarterback, and you're going to throw a Hail Mary. And it's quite possible you can win the game. But it would be a miracle. So Uranus suggests out of the blue, kind of completely unscripted, something coming out of the woodwork that negates her chances of being confirmed. 
barring that, so if you're, you know, depend, so if you're a, on the Democrat side, what you want is not a, you know, a, a metered kind of logical, you know, uh, opposition. You want to dig up dirt, basically. You want to find something that's going to be completely out of the blue that will, you know, put the brakes on every on, on the confirmation. Otherwise, she's going to get confirmed. That's so that's my get out of jail free card. I'm really sorry. I don't I, I'm not giving you an exact. No, that's fine. No, you don't. Hey, I'm just asking you to tell us what you see. OK, well, I think for a lot of women, that makes us very sad. Um, however, as we know, listening to all of the different potentials that have come up over the last month or so of these debates, um, presidential and vice presidential, uh, one of the things that keeps coming up is that um, something that Danny Sheehan actually told Zeus and I at a dinner party a few years ago, which I was completely unaware of, and it's now starting to become more known publicly, and that is that it's within constitutional rights to expand the Supreme Court. Anybody can do, any president along the way had the right to do this. So this is something that for women who are frightened because they're thinking that we're going to be blasted back uh, to the Stone Ages in terms of women's rights, um, there's always that other potential that the Supreme Court will be expanded if Biden wins. So the whole thing is the game is not over, even if it looks pretty certain that Amy is going to be confirmed. So just want to put that out there. And and I, I, I'll also put out uh, a couple of things, which is that never underestimate the planet Uranus. Um, on a more sad note, Joe Biden has the planet Uranus exactly conjunct his seventh cusp. Seventh cusp is the partner. And it indicates sudden out of the blue separation, right? An event that separates you from that person. And uh, of course, you know, he, he lost his, his wife and yes. his child in a sudden, you know, accident. Yes, and so this Uranus, I, I'm telling you, it's a powerful influence. And when, when we astrologers see it, we're like, oh man, <laughs> because it rules the unpredictable. So it could very well be that suddenly she may drop out or something may come out that that uh quashes you're talking about kamala not his no no i'm talking i'm talking about amy uh amy Amy. okay because the planet uran i'm still yeah the planet uranus is right on the the ascendant of that chart so uranus is a big player which can indicate a sudden reversal a sudden yes you know change in the plants but if everything goes as planned all the planets indicate she'll get confirmed uranus is the only one going eh i don't think so if it wants to turn the dial. So bring me down. Now that I have my head straight, bring me back up to speed with the Biden part with Uranus. Oh, well, Biden in his natal horoscope has Uranus exactly on his seventh cusp. The seventh cusp is indicates his partner, his life partner. Life partner, okay. Yeah, and so when Uranus is there, it can indicate a sudden unplanned separation. Okay. Uh, often it's divorce. But sometimes it's like losing the partner in a sudden way through illness or accident. He's been through too much of that. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, on the note of, of, of Biden, uh, I think maybe I'm preempting your question. I'll just let no, you No, you go ahead. Go ahead. 
Well, one of the things that, that people have asked is, well, you, you say the U.S. is in an outsider period, but he's so much of an insider. That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> right? right? So for that reason, it's probably Trump that's going to get elected, right? And, and it, look, and so I'm sticking to my prediction. I mean, I, I don't see a reason to change. Yes, Trump has a very strong horoscope, but I think, I think he'll lose the election. I said this a year ago. Um, and so that's still my prediction. However, I would like you maybe to consider that Biden's role may be to bring Kamala to the White House. That's what many people have. That, certainly that's the buzz. That's what people are wondering because he is of the old way. He would pretty much continue on as things have always been. Um, he's part of the establishment. Kamala's young right? Yeah. She has some other, uh, some other ideas that don't necessarily mirror his. She has a tremendous amount of will, strength, and energy. So, and, and she's a woman of color, Indian and African-American. Yeah. And they have uh, quite a simpatico in their charts. So in a sense, he's maybe laying, laying down his life, if you will, to, so she can make it. I don't know. Um, and he is, yes, he is an insider for sure, but, you know, he has streaks of outsider as well. I know it sounds crazy. No, it doesn't. In his chart, you're saying? In his chart, yes. He oh, has I'd like streaks. to hear about that. Well, there's a strong desire to help the underdog. He has a very, he has the ruler of his ascendant in the 12th house in the Vedic chart, which often indicates someone who, um, whose heart is with the underdog, even if their like their actions don't even necessarily say it. Like uh, when the Anita, Anita Hill hearing was there, he sided with the establishment, but later he deeply regretted it. Right? He tried to make up for it in many ways. Um, so his heart is with the underdogs, with the people who who don't have a chance. And in that sense, and he's probably a very charitable man, probably in secret. Um, because, because of those combos he has. So I think he's more of an outsider than people may give him credit. Um, <clears throat> and the fact that he's willing to change his stance, any politician who's willing to say, you know what, I think differently today than I thought five years ago. Or oh, 10 years that's ago. huge. That's, Th that's That shows a certain flexibility. Mm -hmm. And you know, in, in yoga, they say it's how flexible your spine is determines how old you are, right? Yes. Well, how flexible your mind is also determines how old you are. So in that sense, he is, he is a, a bit of an outsider. So it could be that his role is to bring or to try to bring Kamala to the White House. And we may, in fact, have her as the first uh, female president. Fascinating. Um, and that is certainly what a lot of people, like I said, that's on the minds of a lot of people because he certainly would be the oldest president in history. I hope you're enjoying this video because if you are, there are dozens more like it on my site, all supported by people like you. So if you'd like to keep this work rolling in and join our community, just click on the Patreon button at reginameredith.com. That also gives you access to insider commentary, my live book club, and other live events with special guests. So join in. Thanks. The one thing that comes up again over and over in conversation is that, uh, Joe seems like he has a good heart. He seems like a, a good man. 
and has a good heart. So that goes a long way in a time of chaos. I mean, right now we're just stripping it down to the bones. We don't know what's real anymore. We don't even know what's possible because the law is being upturned every single day. So we're having to go down to searching our own hearts to find what is the correct decision for the new direction or the direction in this case of America, of our nation. And I've been saying, I even said in a real little blog recently, there's nothing left but to go down to who has a good heart in this game. And that's across the board. It doesn't matter if you're doing business, if it's politics, where is someone's heart? That's becoming an increasingly important question. So I'm really uh, glad that you brought that up. Well, and those used to be very strong Republican values, right? The character, mm -hmm. the, character. Uh, the family values, who, who's, you know, has a strong family, who has a strong, you know, a moral center. And that seems to be, have been thrown out the window uh, or Trump just broke the window. Um, and what I, you know, what I pay attention to is where a lot of the popular sentiment is going, which is if there are uh, YouTube videos, dozens and dozens, maybe even hundreds of former Republicans who are saying, listen, I've been conservative all my life. I voted for Trump in 2016. I will not vote for him again. And these are getting half a million, 750,000 views, which tells me that, okay, this one person changed their mind. That's fine. But there is so much viewership that people are watching and saying, you know what? It doesn't mean that I'm a liberal if I don't like this Trump guy. It doesn't mean that I, you know, am going back on my values that I'm going to vote for Biden just because this guy seems to have betrayed, not seems to, he has betrayed what conservatism and the Republican ethic is. Yes, it's in, and that's common for people to say Joe Biden actually feels more like a centrist Republican of the past. Yeah. <laughs> old-fashioned conservative in a lot of ways so that doesn't that doesn't surprise me and i yes i've seen a lot of that you've um, seen those a, a lot of soldiers uh navy yeah. veterans um i mean people you know a lot of texans old, you know farmers and they're like i ain't voting for this guy again something yeah. has happened in terms of this cracking open a glimpse into character that people are recoiling from and I'm seeing, I'm seeing that coming from a lot of different sources, like you just said. So that's that. Let's go to, let's go to the whole notion, because you also said you expected that uh, there were some health challenges in, uh, lying ahead in, in uh, the president's chart, and that if he was by chance reelected, he would not make it through that term because of these health issues. Now, what did you think when he came down with COVID? And how does that factor into all of this? Honestly, I was as surprised as anyone. However, <laughs> looking at what's happening in his chart, so I talked about the south node of the moon at the beginning, which is represents the virus. It, it Based on the movement of the south node, I made some earlier predictions about Bitcoin and you know its price, and those turned out to be accurate. Well, the south node is now on the president's moon exactly. And look, this happens for all of us. It, this will, it takes 18 years and, and it recurs every 18 years. So the last time he had it was in 2002. And so maybe we can even go back to 2002. I haven't, I haven't looked back in, the, in his history to see what he was going through then. 
but it indicates uh, again sudden um, out of the blue afflictions, especially a lot of mental turmoil and emotional turmoil, but also physical. The thing is, people say he's all right, he's been discharged. This is a very slow influence. So I made a little YouTube video on this that, look, he's not out of the woods. Um, astrologically speaking, I'm not a doctor. <clears throat> I don't know his condition uh, medically. So what is it that you're seeing astrologically then? Astrologically, K2, the south node of the moon, moves very slowly. And its influence tends to be a little more lasting than just a couple of weeks. So what I see based on his chart, uh, not as a medical doctor or anything like that, is that he's not out of the woods at least, at least until October 23rd, which is, again, not too far from now. It's October 8th, but still two weeks. But more realistically, uh, mid-December, December 16th. So if you're a fan of the president or if you're, you know, an investor or a voter, you know, and you're looking at the markets or whatever you're looking at, I would, you know, I would consider that we're not out of the woods. Uh, the president's health, I should say, is not out of the woods until at least, until realistically mid-December. December. And then one thing they're finding out and understanding about COVID, no matter what the kind of pre-existing conditions were, is that oftentimes does have an impact on the organs and the heart further down the road. This is even happening with younger people. Mm. So since no one knows the truth around uh, um, surrounding his case, and there were a lot, a lot of uh, drugs thrown at it um, that we don't have access to, we don't understand the long-term effects of, we don't know for sure just how badly he, um, he was affected by it. it. You know, he's, he's out and walking around and, you know, looks to be okay, but that, you know, you can put your suit on and, and suit up for a one minute chat. Anybody can do that. So we don't know, but we do know that it does uh, seem to have some long-term consequences. And what you're saying is it appears that even this phase of it isn't, really going to be put to rest astrologically until mm -hmm. the middle of December, right? I think there will be a relapse of some sorts and it, it'll be, you know, it'll be difficult. It'll be bad. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, but even if he does get elected, I, I think there's no way that he serves out his term, uh, either just because he willingly quits or because health takes him, takes him down. Okay, since we're on that subject, let's let's segue into for the planet um, this whole emergence of COVID, um, the recession of it for a bit. Now there seems to be somewhat of a reemergence of it. What are you seeing in in terms of the wave and cycles of how this virus starts playing out? Yeah, uh, so these nodes, the south and the north node, which indicate the virus, just change signs in Vedic astrology. So. What that indicates is that a different population is likely to be affected. Uh, Rahu, the north node, moved into Taurus. And uh, uh, the south node moved into Scorpio. So those are both signs that rule the rural areas, the jungles, the farms, the, the fields, rather than the occupied cities, than the, uh, you know, the cultural centers, if you will. So... To me, this suggests two things. Number one, there will be a vaccine. There will be a cure that comes out probably early next year. 
Rahu does indicate that. But it also indicates that the infection will spread to populations like to the country, basically. Farms, country, uh, rural areas, third world countries where, uh, you know, again, not the major city centers. And probably because the vaccine will be more administered, I mean, on a logistic level, that's probably why. But astrologically speaking, Taurus rules farms and agriculture. And so the virus is likely to to spread in those areas, I think. And it won't leave, by the way, until the end of next year. So that's, I think we have until the end of 2021 for this, this thing to be around. Let me ask you this, just from what you've, you've seen looking at charts in general. That will be nearly two years living in this kind of altered state of reality. Um, people, there, there are fashion accessories now. Um, people are very creative. You know, I even bought one. Uh, cute little chains where you can put your masks on. So like your glasses, you can just flip it on and off as you move mm. through your day and walk nice. into a building and, and out. And the, the point being that we've, we're adapting even culturally, even creatively to this situation. Still something significant has been removed from our lives and that is we can't see each other's mouths when we're out Mm. out. we can't see a smile we can't read each other's expression so this is altering our interplay with each other to an extent how much do you think this will be inculcated into our beings as a generalized fear where people other than sitting on a long distance flight will start maybe embracing some of these practices into the future and as normalized behavior? Well, I think people will learn to start smiling with their eyes. I was across the other day (laughs) and I had a mask and, you know, I was having a conversation and like, you have to be more expressive. You have to look at the person so they know that you're smiling or if you're serious or so that's a good thing because real smiles your eye has to crinkle if you're really smiling. If it's a fake smile, if you're doing one of these and your eyes don't move, right? That's the fake smile. A real smile crinkles your eyes. So in a sense, it's like a blind person develops their other senses more acutely. And so now we have to develop our, you know, visual sense and we have to develop other body, you know, language kind of things since we can't, physically interact we're at a distance we have to be more expressive and i think that has a that has a silver lining believe it or not um well only one group of people that are at risk of expression are people who are botoxed out now that's going to be a real problem (laughs) well on the good side you know you you don't need to put on lipstick you're you know you, you some people don't brush their teeth. They don't care, right? You just put on the mask. I'm going out. Yeah, I'm an optimist. I still put lipstick on. The inside of my masks all have lipstick. I have to wear I love that. I love that. And that's how it's done. It's, it's like, you know, my mom, when she came to this country, she was a house cleaner for 15 years. And I went to help her clean houses. And we'd go in and she would tell me, because I was tall, clean the top of the fan, you know, clean yes. the top of the fridge, the edges... And I'm like, mom, nobody's going to see this. Come on, let's get out of here. Let's go. She's like, no, no, no. You have to do it right. You do it right. And, and, and 
even if they don't see it, people will feel it. So you brush your teeth, you put on your <laughs> lipstick, you put on your mask, and you're ready to go out. And even if people can't see it, they know in a sense. You know what I mean? I do know, because the spirit of that is there. Yeah. So the question about normal, having this more normalized long-term after 2021, do you, astrologically, do you see us kind of going back into our more innate ways and oh, yeah. dropping the fear around this and dropping the masks when they're no longer necessary and all that. Do you see things returning to normal in that sense? Yes. Yeah. The USA is very resilient. Um, I'm talking about the USA, but what happens in the USA tends to trickle out into the world. Um, and Yes, I, I do believe there will be some very hard economic times, as, as I've mentioned before a number of times uh, after the election. The real weight, economic weight of what's happened will finally hit. It'll drop and people go, holy cow. Okay, this is the situation we're in. Uh, that'll take a while to resolve, at least a year. But after that, I think we'll be back on our feet again. That's good. And as we talked about a few times before, this is a cycle, the outsider cycle, that's meant for change, destruction, reconstruction, all the way up through 2033. This is the long game. So we can't be impatient with it. And every one of us chose to incarnate at this time to be present and part of this dance. And we can't forget that. That means it's calling on our own spirit and creativity to help be part of the creative kind of solutions that are going to be needed in the future. And um, any any other area that I haven't talked about that are really that's that are that are pressing on that is pressing on us right now that I haven't gotten to yet, and then I'm going to ask a little something special of you. Sure, I think the biggest takeaway from this period, the biggest way to make this an opportunity rather than a, you know a calamity, is think about the masks that the masks that we're wearing now are really a, a symbol of the masks we wear every day. You know, I'm going to this job that I hate because, you know, I nine to five. And then later I'm meeting the guys at the game. When you get drunk, go to sleep, get up, do the same thing again. That's a mask because you're not fully expressing who you are What this virus. And what this time has, has given us the opportunity to do by basically, you know, flattening everything out is, okay, who do you really want to be? Who, what is your dharma? What is your purpose in life? And because you can't go to that job anymore. So now what are you going to do? And people are finding creative ways. A lot of YouTube channels are being created. People are sharing their gift that way. Others are like the, the manufacturers who are making cool t-shirts, you know, like, uh, what was the one? Um, um, Oh, geez. Um, hold on. <laughs> We're in quarantine. 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 <laughs> right? We're yeah. a team. They're, they're selling millions of these shirts now, right? It, it, there's a certain ingenuity that you have to have to recreate yourself in, in a genuine way. And I think what these masks are doing is they're because we all want to rip them off, right? right. Like I said I was at Costco yesterday. I hate the mask. Of course I wear it because it's the responsible thing to do. And a lot of people go, well, it doesn't block. Well, wait a minute. Let me spit too. And now <laughs> let me spit without the mask. Which one would you prefer? Right? <laughs> True. It's, I mean, come on. It's poo. If I spit in the mask, I spit it in myself. Anyway, all that aside, I hate the mask, uh, but I wear know. it. 
Yep. Would I wear it? And, 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 and my wanting to take it off is my passion to be to hear world see me for who I am. And I think if people take that on the soul level and say, I, I want to be my genuine self, and this virus, then this virus can be worth something in spite of the death toll that, that it has taken. And, you know, another thing to note is that if Ebola had infected as many people as this is infected, the death rate of Ebola is something in the 90 percentile. This is such Think a about gentle that. way to have a global awakening compared to anything else really that could have happened. Yeah. That it's doesn't a, help the people whose families are suffering, but nonetheless, as you say, it could have been 90%. You're right. Yeah. So it, it, as far as pandemics goes, we, you know, nature is giving us a nudge. Nature could have dropped the hammer on us. Yes. And again, for the people who, are, who have perished, obviously it, it is a hammer. But for the, you know, 7 billion people on this planet remaining, take this as a nudge and go, okay, how am I going to live my life different now? That's all. That's all. That, that's my thought on this. I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's the grace in this whole period. So now, um, you originally came from Hungary? No, I was born in the States, um, but my parents are immigrants. They immigrated from Bulgaria. Bulgaria. Yeah. So I would love to hear something. I've never heard you speak in your native tongue. I would love to hear you just say something. Okay. Well, it's all, it's all Bulgarian to me. It's what all Bulgarian to you. I said, well, I basically said I could speak Bulgarian to you all day. I could speak French to you if you want because we've studied other languages. But this is the language I speak at home with my mom. Otherwise, I mean, I'm, I speak English with my partner and with everyone else. But with mom and dad, we still speak Bulgarian. Oh, that's so sweet and it's beautiful. Yeah. What, what are the roots of Bulgarian? It is the it is the root of the all Slavic languages. So the the guys uh, Kirill and Metodi who invented the Cyrillic alphabet, which later Russian took and other Slavic languages, Serbian. Uh, it was in the Bulgarian Empire, which had a little you know four or five hundred year or maybe two hundred year heyday, way back when. Uh, my history isn't great. Um, so it, it is a Slavic, the original Slavic language. And I guess you could say one of the, the high points is that all sounds are represented. So when Slavic people go to learn other languages, they find it easier. So you find a Czech guy speaking Japanese, mm -hmm. usually with very little accent. You find a Bulgarian guy speaking French with little bit of an accent because that the Slavic languages tend to represent the wider sort of a linguistic, uh, all the phonemes are represented. Interesting. Well, it sounds beautiful. Thank you for sharing that little bit of you with us. Um, on that note, we'll uh, say goodbye and then we'll just kind of wait and see how all this plays out and we'll come back together again and do this once we get into the winter, after the election is over. But thank you for preparing us for a few possibilities here, Simon, as always, in a very gracious way. Thank you. Harium. Okay, everybody, that's it for now. You can always reach Simon at spirittype.com.
RegineMeredith.com. Until next time, thank you for joining us here on RegineMeredith.com.